In this podcast, you will experience an informative and necessary conversation that contains updates regarding the upcoming school year for students at SCC, as well as the importance of inclusion. Some of you may hear audio static. However, we hope that this does not take away from your experience and what this important conversation has to offer. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. I'm going to start this podcast by introducing what Pacific Talk is about. Um, there are so many things going around, not just in our world, but also in our Pacific community, which includes our Melanesian, Polynesian, and Micronesian communities, and all the communities within those. Uh, a lot of conversations are happening, and there are voices and thoughts that need to be highlighted. So welcome to Pacific Talk, a space created by USAID to allow space for voices and stories to be brought to the forefront. We're here to celebrate and we're here to learn and grow. Today we have, oh, I am Desiree Washington. I am the communication specialist for USAID. Um, with us, we have Tafaz who is the state director for USAID. She will be co-hosting today. And our guest, uh, President Rosevon Pato. Did I pronounce that right? Rosevon, yeah. Okay, Rosevon. Um, and before we go on, a little disclaimer. Pacific Talk is a platform where invited guests are sharing their experiences any views, information, or opinions expressed during Pacific Talk are solely those of the individual sharing and does not represent the views of USAID, US, ASCC, or any other in institution. Okay, let's begin. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. How are you guys doing? Uh, Good morning. Okay. okay. <laughs> How are you guys? Uh, pretty good. Something new that we're, we'll be doing. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited. We're excited. This is something um, of a new initiative. So, thank you to Desiree, who is a communication yeah. specialist, um, to get this going. But yeah, we're hoping that Pacific Talks can actually share um, a lot of messages throughout the Pacific. Um, and we figured what a perfect time to launch Pacific Talks here in American Samoa and um, having our president being our very first one to bless our podcast initiative. Um, so we're excited. Yeah. Yes, it is, is something very, um, very new, but yes, uh, 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 a great way to start great way to start. Well, President Rose Vaughn, um, I'm going to share a little bit about you with the audience. Um, so in your bio, you have a lot of degrees, which is amazing. She has a Doctor of Education in Counseling Psychology, Master's of Education in Guidance and Counseling, and a BA in Liberal Arts Psychology major. Um, so what is, what um, was, why did you study those? What drew you to that? Um, yeah, I, 
I began in education, well, my bachelor's degree was in psychology, just very interested in understanding people, behaviors, and how we um, communicate with one another. And that just led me into the field of education. But what I found is, uh, as I started to teach, that there was so much more that, that I wanted to know and so much more that I guess students would share with me that kind of um, geared me or steered me to uh, go into counseling. So my master's degree is in school counseling, uh, guidance and counseling, and that helped me to uh, work with students at a different level, you know, work with them um, um, outside of the classroom, not just inside, but outside of the classroom. And then uh, I took a, a 25 year break before I went and worked towards my uh, doctorate degree. In that time, I still had a real strong interest in the field of counseling and psychology. So my doctorate degree is in counseling and psychology, and it just helps me to work, I believe, um, my educational background just helps me to work better with people in general. And, mm. and so that's, that's what my education is all about. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think that kind of, in terms of education and psychology and learning about people, um, that's like a good segue into our icebreaker question, which is, um, when was the last time you didn't feel included? Um, I would say that was pretty recently. I um, I just came back from a trip off island, which uh, included all of the Pacific Islands. But um, there were several people, I guess, that didn't even know where American Samoa was, even though we're in the Pacific and it, we're yeah. in a, a group of, you know, the region is the Pacific. It's still, that was the question, where exactly is American Samoa? Mm. So that, that was, um, yeah, a way of kind of trying to feel you know, if you don't know where we are, then it, it's difficult for me to explain that. So, yeah, that was my last time feeling like uh, kind of not included in. Excluded. Yeah, excluded. Right. Mm. Interesting. Isn't, isn't it interesting? We've been hearing American Samoa, well, American Samoa existed well, I know way before the 1900s when we were part yes. of the territory, right? Right. As a U.S. Right. territory. But it's interesting how um, many of our neighboring um, countries don't know where we're at. Right. Right. Other than the fact that we're in the dot. But right. even right. our U.S. family. Right? Yeah. Still do not know the exact location of American Samoa. Or even the fact that we're a territory of the U.S., you know, that, that's another uh, um, kind of feeling of being excluded is when they say, oh, you're part of the U.S. So that that's yeah. also, yeah. Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, yeah, I remember it too when I was like younger and I was like in elementary, they would be like, oh, where's your mom from? Where's your family from? 
oh, American Samoa. And like even the teachers, you know, there would be like the big maps on the classroom wall. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, so where is it? And I'd like try to find it. But usually on the big maps, it's so tiny. Yeah. And so it'd be, it's like somewhere over here. And they're like, oh, it, you can't really see it. It must be so small. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. But I just remember like feeling like, I mean, it's there. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's where my family is Right. Do you think your journey, your journey, sorry, do you think your journey, Perez, um, all your years going through college, right? Uh, do you think somewhere down the line throughout that journey, um, do you ever recall? American Samoa being part of your conversation in your degree program? Well, I know that, um, no, not it wouldn't come up unless they're asking me about where I'm from. But the whole issue would be, um, you know, it's that feeling of, of um, always having to try and justify where I'm from or uh, where we're at and and saying you know we uh, it's that feeling of of trying to be included in when you know you're always there but it's it's the awareness I believe the whole journey and I believe this is this goes across the board with with all of us it our journey is a journey of um, trying to um, let others be aware of who we are and that we exist, regardless of whether you understand where I'm from. We're here, you know, and 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 I believe that's that's the real issue is that it's not necessarily you or me. It's trying to make others understand, like. American Samoa or the Pacific or being part of the U.S. or being part of just uh, overall a program, you know, feeling included in the educational system on the whole, uh, you know, just because maybe someone doesn't understand that where you're from or where you're coming from. So that that's that's been a, a journey, I believe. I've taken, but I believe many of us as students or as educators uh, have that continual, uh, uh, I guess, journey to try and help others to see, you know, that that uh, we're a part of everyone. It's just that maybe you're not yet familiar with that, yeah. And I believe that's that's the no the, whole the existence. Thing. Yeah, understanding the uh, you know that 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 yeah that you exist, whether or not you you're aware of it. You know we exist. So yeah, that's been my whole journey in education. And I believe, um, you know, the the other sad part of 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 this is always having to justify. You know, that because I'm from another uh, place that maybe people are not familiar with, that you have to continue to justify that, um, you know, we have, uh, I'll give you an example. One of my 
my biggest examples that I have is that, um, you know, trying to justify that we speak English or we have gone through uh, a U.S. educational system. You know, those types of things are things that you continually have to justify. And it, it, it's sad that, um, you know, because of others not understanding that, that, that you're continually, I guess, on edge saying, you know, uh, we're part of this, we're part of the whole, you know, and it's, it's justifying that piece of the whole picture that, that mm -hmm. that's what, what's been difficult. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I totally understand all of the things that you are sharing. Um, and you've been the president since, of ASCC since 2016. Uh -huh. um, how, how has that process been and how are you feeling about school opening up again and navigating it opening back up again in the middle of the pandemic that like is still ongoing? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a challenge, I believe, ever since I've come on uh, as president, there's one challenge after another. But um, specifically with the pandemic, it has been a whole new, I guess, reform, a reform of understanding that we can still continue um, the offering of courses, the, you know, students can continue their education. It's just seeing it or doing it in a different way or a different there's a different um format or avenue that we're taking but it doesn't mean that education stops and that that's been a whole big new challenge for i guess all of us not just for students but for teachers who have been so um set that this is how i teach you know face to face even look at us right now you know who knew we were going to be doing a podcast or, you know, a, mm -hmm. a, a Zoom kind, you know, and we've been, as leaders here at the college, we've been meeting regularly through Zoom. That was never even thought of, you know, before the pandemic. It was always face-to-face, -face, always, you know, gathering together in, in a particular room or place. And now this can be done, you know, across the board. And I guess that's, um, it's a whole new, um, you know, mindset for us to be able to continue what we're doing, but just in a different way, just being able to reach out. And I think this format is great because you don't have to um, be constrained, you know, it's there, the constraints of trying to schedule a room or a classroom or, you know, it's not there now because you can do it this way, you know. And, and so it actually, although it may be a challenge, it actually is a, like a real great, um, I guess, uh, you, ha you have a, a bigger uh, um, playing field to work with, you know, unlike before. You know, 
as a, a perfect example is with students. I think many students actually like this format because no matter where they were, they couldn't use the excuse, I couldn't get to class, I couldn't do this, you know, the buses, the weather, you name it. You know, you can still go on Zoom or you can still meet online. So it actually has opened up a lot of um, things that uh, we could never do in being able to um, meet online and be able to, to you know, offer classes. And there's just so many, um, mm -hmm. uh, what do you call, the challenges actually become, uh, I'm trying to think of like great um, uh, <clears throat> progress you know, in our, um, in being able to offer things so much differently, but in a bigger way. You know, you don't have a limit to, instead of like 15 students or 20 students, you know, you can have hundreds of students on a, in a classroom such as this. And it's the same with us, you know, there's no real limit because the message can get across no matter where you are or where you're coming mm -hmm. on. So so it's been, a, a, I think, a plus for ASCC to move forward in this way, to use technology, to have the pan pandemic hit us and then um, allow us to use this type of format. But I think we also have had an advantage, um, the territory of American Samoa. We've actually had an advantage because we had two years to prepare for it. You know, we had 20 and 21 right. that um, allowed us to prepare for this. So actually, when we were hit with the uh, COVID-19 uh, hitting us, you know, in our community, we were actually prepared uh, for it um, to hit. And so I think that has really helped us in so many ways. Yeah. Unlike, unlike other areas of the world where they were hit immediately and then you have to figure it out. We actually had it figured out and then it hit us. So Yeah. Yeah. Did, what opportunities did you see ASCC benefiting from the COVID and um, and you, you shared a little bit about we had two years to prepare as a COVID-free island territory, yes. right? COVID-free yes. for two years. Um, it allowed us to be a little bit more flexible. And then we were went into code red just recently in February um, this year. And then while we were in code red in this isolated state, what opportunities do you think opened up for ASCC during uh, this time period? Yeah. So over the past uh, two years, I think one of the things uh, we, we saw was um, the preparation in being able to equip our college with the technology and the upgrade of systems and so on. But also what I saw is the, the, the um, community efforts. And I, you know, I commend you said and the many different agencies that came together. And normally if we were, if we weren't hit by the pandemic, you know, everyone works in isolation. We all work in our own little, you know, department or division, but, um, what 
the pandemic and the preparation period did, even till now, when we were hit with COVID and actually hit with COVID, what has helped us is that, you know, you lean on one another. And the Department of Health, you know, the um, Medicaid, um, the, the DOE, the governor's office, I mean, there was this big collaboration of the government and the community to try and make sure that our people are safe, you know, and that we're prepared for what what is to come. And I really believe we were very well prepared. And even to this point, you know, many um, uh, coming from off island, uh, I saw where they're just beginning to open up restaurants and so on. It took them two years to shut down and now they're just beginning to revive their economy. If you look at us, we took two months, and by the third month, we were beginning to start back up. You know, I have to commend our community for that effort. You know, in such a short time, we were able to get back on our feet. I also believe the preparation involved our, our um, vaccination drives, you know, the need to get uh, people to understand the importance of vaccination, to be safe, the wearing of masks, sanitation, all of these things that we take for granted, you know, and we just think, oh, everything will be fine. Um, you know, we actually um, have the means to be able to do this. I also believe that ASCC benefited, uh, like many of the different agencies and departments of the government here um, in uh, American Samoa and off-island, we benefited because there was an influx of funding to support us, uh, support us in being able to get to this point. And I believe mm -hmm. without that type of funding coming into the college, it would be very difficult for us to to uh, get to where we're at. But I believe we're, we're, we're ready for the fall semester. We're going to be walking into a, a, a different way of looking at our college uh, courses and programs. But I, I believe we're, we're very well prepared. Yeah. Did that answer your question, Tafal? Was that OK? <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. OK. <laughs> Yeah, that was really great. I love the whole conversation of um, you. You mentioned a lot of great things. You like both mentioned about like there's no one way to do something. Uh, you, more opportunities and becoming more accessible and yeah. making room for like other places in the community coming together. And so with school opening up and um, this new year. Uh, what are the students kind of like looking forward to? And is there any difference in terms of accessibility slash inclusiveness on campus now with this new school year coming up? So um, what, ha uh, what we have just um, um, decided on as a executive leadership is that we will continue offering all of our courses in both ways. 
which is face-to-face -face as well as um, a component of the online offering of courses. Um, the only classes that we will need to continue fully face-to-face -face would be our labs. You know, our laboratories, um, our uh, hands-on uh, trades and skills uh, courses, those ones will be on campus uh, 100%. But, you know, I found, even though we will be doing that for this semester, I found that during the, the complete shutdown, which happened um, in 2020 and then again uh, 2022, even labs were able to go online and and do it through some means of being able to um, you know provide the learning opportunities they had uh, some great great um, practical experience skill uh, uh, demonstrations all being done this way so um, as a college what we will be doing for the fall um, and this is my big announcement, is that all of the courses will go face-to-face, -face, but Fridays, all Fridays, will be our online time where the students, and we kind of did a portion of this in our 2020 um, shutdown. We went and and we, we have tried several different versions of or percentages of how much mm -hmm. is offered online and how much is offered face-to-face. Um, uh, -face. But this time we've decided to dedicate one day, which is Friday, to our online. And it gives the students a chance to be able to um, work from wherever they are and if they need to, to come onto campus too, to use our labs. And so um, I guess the inclusion part is it won't matter where, you're, where you are, we will have computers and the opportunity for you to come on campus if you don't have access to, um, to technology. But if you do have access, um, you know, you can do it from home or from wherever else. But another big thing, that we will be doing, which um, we're hoping that this comes in like within August, uh, we will be um, getting laptops and devices for our students to be able to check out. And this will be all be done through the library. So mm -hmm. um, even though kind of like how books are checked out, our devices will be checked out. So those students who do not own or are not able to get it, they will be able to check out a laptop or a um, iPad or some kind of device that will allow them to get into their online portion of their courses. So it's a little bit different this time, but it, it's to me, um, we've looked at many different ways and that was a recommendation that was done by uh, your director, Tafal was one of them. And then we had others that had suggested, you know, for the uh, the checkout of, of devices to just make things more accessible, you know, because we forget not everyone can purchase um, devices. Not everyone has something that, that they can use specifically for them 
A lot of times, if you have a device, it's shared among everybody. And when everyone's online, you know, who do you, who gets uh, dibs on that device? Yeah. Is, yeah, is an issue. So at least uh, within this next semester, uh, we will be able to have the devices available for students. What a great way to address um, digital equity, education equity, um, addressing, you know, socioeconomic limitations in our community. Um, I do know ASCC had distributed MyFi's and um, free data for some of the students oh, um, yes, when it yes. first rolled out. And I think this is like such, it's setting a trend in yeah. our community that, you know, when you say, why ASCC? And said, well, I, I can check out a laptop. I can check out an iPad and it can support my schooling going to ASCC, no matter whether you qualify for financial aid or not, but you're yes. enrolled at ASCC. Yes. yes, And you're making education more accessible for all with or yeah. without. Um, and I think, um, you know, I, I just need to do a quick plug in, like you heard it here at the US, you said Pacific podcast uh, first that you're going to get the laptop in August. <laughs> you know, just go to the library, get your yes. library um, um, account set up at ASCC and you can check out a, a, you know, a laptop to support your school. Yeah. Yes. How yeah. awesome is that? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. such a, a great, uh, you know, a progression uh, and and you're right when you talk about equity um, a lot of times what happens is it depends on whether you're eligible for financial aid you know and this way it doesn't matter as long as you attend here and um, you have your library card and you're you know you, you you're eligible to check it out yeah it's not like uh, sorry you're you, you're not uh, eligible. There's no eligibility mm -hmm. requirement other than to be enrolled here at ASCC. Yeah. So great efforts. And you know, I have to say too, how how this was made possible was from our, um, our funding. You know, we have um, funding that has come through the institution. And many of our um, our students for the past one, two, three, four semesters, we have given out um, uh, funding directly to students to be able to use it in whatever way they need it to, to uh, get through successfully in their courses. But part of that funding is given directly to the college and the college can decide how to use that to better the education of our students and so that that's one of the ways we're doing it is to make sure we purchase devices that can be uh, checked out and you know accessible to to whoever needs to get a device so yeah and we heard it on this podcast <laughs> uh, yeah and i but i love about that too that um not only is it like a great showing of equity um, and more accessibility, but also because different students, different people in general have different like ways of learning. And so yes. Yes. Um, 
some people just work better with structure, like being in yeah. the classroom and like yes. being right there face to face. And yeah. other people are more like they work better with the flow. I don't I don't know how to yeah. describe yeah. that, but it's like uh-huh. they don't have a rigid structure that they have to follow, but they're still able to do the work. Yeah. And so I think that's really cool too. And you know you're you're right about that. You know it. Everyone uh, has their own preference. You know, and sometimes you think. I know for me, you know, before I went online with my classes when I was working uh, on my program um, for my doctorate, I thought, oh well, it's really cool. You know, it'll all be online. I don't have to. Oh, to me, that was one of the most difficult. Uh, I think of between all of my degrees, my doctorate was was maybe the most difficult because the majority of it was online. And mm. to me, that was so challenging for me because I'm a, I like to talk face to face. I like to meet people personally, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was one of the, the biggest adjustments I had to do was to be in class. And during that time, we didn't have this. You know, we did it all, you know, we would chat back and forth, and that's how we did, that's how we did the online. And so um, even though we were, you know, going live in our classroom, it was done through that way. And so we we didn't get to see people's faces other than a photo that would be posted up next to their, you know, their chat. (laughs) So it it was uh, so challenging. And so... Everyone has their preference, and what we find is that students will move towards that type of um, of uh, what do you call way of 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 their learning, the, the, whichever way is is their best learning. So, what I wanted to share with you that will be a little bit different this fall is that our Tuesday Thursday classes will be strictly face to face. So if you prefer face-to-face classes, Tuesday and mm-hmm. Thursday are the days to, to choose when you're registering for classes. But if you, you prefer a mix of, of both, then mm-hmm. you might want to take the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because the Monday, Wednesday will be face-to-face and Friday will be the online. Awesome. So it really gives you a choice, you know, pretty much all courses are taught, you know, both uh, uh, they have sections that are on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and they have s- sections of the same course that are on Tuesday, Thursday. So it really would be you and your preference as to whether you want it online or you want, you know, uh, a, a face-to-face course. So I'm glad you brought that up. You know, it's it's everyone, everyone's different and you learn mm-hmm. best the way you, you know, you feel more comfortable in. And so it will be the choice of the students to decide how they want to take their courses. I think this is a great practice because you you mentioned something really well, really resonated with me. And that was the word choice. Yeah. With so many things going on, so much isolation because of COVID, I think providing more choices, more opportunities for our local adult learners, um, it gives them an opportunity to pick something that best suits them and their educational 
style and educational preference. So, yeah, I think I really like that. Yeah. And, you know, you're so right when it comes to that. I think before this whole pandemic, it really our course offerings were not set up in this way where you had a choice. It was always this is the way we offer it. And we, you know, so now it's like, no, we can do it either way, but you decide how you want to do it. So yes, choice is a big thing. And um, I, I think that that, um, you know, the challenges that we're faced with, particularly with the pandemic, but in other ways too, they kind of uh, allow you not only to get through the challenge, but to decide, okay, now what am I going to do that needs to be changed? Or what are some of the things that we never even thought of that we could do differently? You know, and and I think that's the other thing is that when you're faced with a situation, you know, suddenly you see something very differently. You know, like now, I love meeting this way. I would never have ever chosen you know this format of meeting because you know i just don't like doing things online but you know now it's like oh this is really cool you know it's really neat to have to meet this way and to me like for our leadership and i know tafa can can uh actually you know um she knows about it it was very difficult to schedule a meeting with our all of our leaders on a weekly basis and you know what we have better attendance on the this in this type of format than we ever did before because now nobody can say oh sorry you know i i wasn't able to make the meeting it's because no matter where you are you can join our meeting so, yeah yeah it's just, or or you say gas or you save gas yeah you don't have now to that, come in yeah. now that the price you know oh yeah. up at, the, at the gas station what a way to what a I way know. to just save fuel and just uh, get yeah, on and on you're so right about that yeah so so you know these the um the challenge i think only allows us to kind of uh what do you call step out of the box and look at other other boxes or other ways of, 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 you know, seeing what can be done. So, yeah. What, what do you, what do you think we still need to improve on um, in regards to um, accessibility and inclusion at the college? Yeah. I think um, that where we, we, really need to be more inclusive and you know accessible is it's at every level you know it has to be like kind of like how we began in this uh podcast how we talked about you know out in the u.s the bigger picture you know trying to be included in i see that we are making efforts community-wise and um as a system, you know, here at the college as an institution, but it has to be at every level. You know, it has to be within our offices, within our classes, within uh, our curriculum. You know, every every level. It has to be like um, not like second nature, but just 
apartment, your 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 um, everyday thing is to always have that um, inclusiveness as 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 uh, you know. It's like just a regular part, but I I believe we've moved a lot as an institution to better include and make things more learning more accessible but it has to happen at every level you know and that's where the real work is it's 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 even the way you deal with with people the language you use and all of that it has to be really um inclusive and just just um not allow that person to feel uh, or even a group to feel like I'm here and how do I make them understand you know that I exist so going back to how we began this you know our talk it's it's you know at every level we've got to we've got to start looking at what can we do better what can we do better you know and I have to commend you said for um, you know just always being a part another thing is including in key people that maybe consistently and continually remind us about that because sometimes what we do is we just continue to fall back on what we've always done and we forget that oh no we moved ahead you know we moved ahead um how many miles ahead and you're still back here you know and and that's what we have to do we have to continually um i i don't know if it's awareness or just continual um reminders you know of of um of you know what we're what we need to con yeah consistency consistency in what we do and you know that 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 is a uh, a really important word, consistency, because so many times we start things and then, yes, it's all going great. And then we fall back into our old habits and our old ways. And then it's like, what happened? We were doing this and now we're not even doing it. You know, so the consistency is so important. And that's at every level, you know, not just institutional level, it's program level, you know, um, units uh, individuals every level we have to be more consistent in you know understanding and implementing the need for accessibility and inclusion i really love that answer <laughs> thank you so yeah yeah that was that was like really great um and i i just want to yeah because as you were saying before at the beginning of the conversation you were talking about how you know, the last time is when you didn't feel included was when people weren't acknowledging that American Samoa existed. And I think that that can happen. But it's like when all of these conversations and these things happen and like moving forward and progressing, um, we need everybody to join in the conversation, right? Like nobody should yeah. be left behind. Yes, like yes. The human diversity and all the knowledge that you can apply and put together in like moving forward. Um, yeah. And I know that your ASCC's mission statement as well um, is awareness of the Pacific and Samoan culture 
And I'd love to like know what your vision is in connecting AICC with the Pacific region. Yeah, um, I believe that we actually are very connected with the Pacific. Um, um, every two weeks, I meet with the presidents of the community colleges here in the Pacific that are under the same accrediting commission, which is our um, ACCJC. Um, we meet every two weeks in this format. So that's another plus we have, you know, we can meet wherever we are. Before that, we met once a year, you know, in a meeting held some somewhere in uh, the Pacific. But now we meet every two weeks. And, and in meeting, what we do is we share two things. We share commonalities, you know, what's happening there regarding COVID. And, you know, and just sharing what's happening at at the college level, you know, in the community colleges in the Pacific um, that are all part of Pacific Secondary Educational Council. That's the um, in sharing what's common. We say, hey, yeah, we're doing that, or you know, and and that really confirms, I guess, you know, and supports what you're doing also works someplace else in the Pacific. And it, it's like a, a real, I guess, um, encouragement to keep going when you know that you've shared something that's very common among others. But the other thing we do is we share something a little bit different that we're doing a little bit differently. So um, just yesterday, I met with, uh, with the and I was sharing with them this new uh, career uh, technology center that we're building here. And I was saying, it's gonna be a little bit different because uh, we are going to combine it with DOE. And we'll have high school students uh, coming in and then after they will be going into the college level. So I was sharing this with them and they just thought, wow, what a great, um, what a great uh, like um, endeavor that the college has, you know, included DOE into this high school students on campus. So, you know, in sharing something that you're doing a little bit differently or you have plans for, everyone wants to know like your progress, like how's it going, how's it going? And then right after our meeting, I got an email from one of the presidents that said, you know what, we actually, the, the campus was a high school, and then we converted it into a college. So we still have very much facilities that were set up for a high school that are now um, call, used for college. And so she was saying, similar to here, you know, I'll, this used to be a high school. Uh, 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 Mapusanga High School, and now it's you know the community college. We've we've uh, fifty years of you know being a community college, but the thing about it is, um, you begin to share like these are the things we saw that that you know are very different in high school and college, but these are the things that really work well that can be used for both college and high school. So she gave me a few tips on what to look out for regarding the facility since it's not built yet. And I was like, wow, what 
you know, it's, it's the sharing of what makes you unique culturally or just your community, what makes it different. And then also, um, you know, as a region, the Pacific, this is what it is. But I, I also wanted to share a big thing that we've never done that our for the first time, we're going to DC. Are all of the presidents college in the in the we're all going to go to to DC, and we're going to try and get the Pacific region colleges to be recognized as its own entity. And why that's important is because if you look at inclusion. We're often connected to Asian Pacific, Native, in, uh, Native American, Native Hawaiian. We don't stand alone as a Pacific region. And, and so we're go all going to go together and try and, and, you know, help those in DC understand the importance of the Pacific. And why I think this is a great, um, step forward is that it also helps us to understand how important it is for us to make it known that it, when we stand together as a region or we stand together as a whole group, you know, we're, we're going with, for higher ed, Pacific um, uh, region community colleges. That's what we're going for. But um, it just helps us to it helps others to understand that you're still there. Whether you connect us with this group or this group or this group, we're still there. And so I think this is important for all of us, you know, is that without that, you kind of like categories, right? And classify them. No, you don't belong here because you're supposed to be in this group. Whereas you can, you can be this group, but it's just because they don't have it on the category. So, you know, um, I wanted to share this example with you is, you know, how frustrating it is when you're trying to either pay a bill or purchase and you try and use your uh, credit card and they don't have the scroll down that has American Samoa. They, you have to put yourself in a state. So most of us because it's the closest one, but then it rejects you because your your uh, zip code doesn't match the state. And that's that's how frustrating it is. That's the example I use. That's how frustrating it is because people want to put you into a category. No, you are a state. You're not a state. You know, and so just because you don't have us listed down doesn't mean that we're not purchasing or paying bills, you know, it's that it's just that they don't have you in some category or classification that meets their needs, but it doesn't meet your needs, you know, exactly. and, and so, so I, I, I think of how frustrated I am whenever I do that. It's like, oh, they don't have me. They don't have American Samoa on the scroll down, you know, and so what do you do? Yeah, and so that's the same thing, you know, when it comes to inclusion and accessibility is people are always trying to put you in a category, and yet we're, we're there. It's just that 
your category doesn't fit <laughs> because yeah. that's the way you classify you know somebody or or a group and it, it's yeah it's so frustrating and 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 hands down to the PPEC, the Pacific Prison yes yes um, leadership the council yes because um I, you know, and you're not alone in this. Many of the Pacific Islanders feel this way that, um, uh, you know, the non-Pacific Islanders and the non-Asians pretty much identify what subgroup we belong to, right? Yes, yes. What group defines us. Yeah. And I always thought that, hmm, how is it that we fall under Asia America or Asian, you know, and then it became this whole category of Asian and Pacific Islanders. But I really, really am grateful that the PPEC is moving towards that initiative to show presence because yeah. Yeah. so this is where the geographic isolation disconnects yes. yes. us from those in DC because you know we cannot afford to go there every day to show presence, right? Yeah, yeah. But then it also disconnects us with who we are as yeah. Pacific Islanders. So yes. I think you brought up a good point where no, we're Pacific Islanders. Let yes. us define ourselves. Let us who define ourselves. Yes, yes. And then you brought up another good point about inclusion how you go online and you don't see american samoa in there or we have to we i can tell you one thing where we would find ourselves most of the time it's under the category of a country yeah, yeah. we're either a country american yeah. samoa country yes or we're we're under the other yeah the other category you know you find yourself you you do the drop down and you find yourself on the other. And, and the other thing that I, you know, as my years, my years of being under, you said that kind of like helped mold me the concept of inclusion, the concept of acceptance, right? I started to pay more attention to inclusion with the smallest detail. So when they categorize the alphabet, you know, when you go to mm -hmm. the drop down menu mm -hmm. and they alphabetize the states, and then I get excited, they have American Samoa, but you're categorized after Wyoming. Yes, yes. You right. know, you're right. You're right. So, so, so you're not in the alphabetical, to, yeah, category. Order. Yeah. So, order. so, Basically, you're excluded, you're included, but you're really excluded because you're, you're there, w, even though you're, <laughs> even though you begin though with, you a. with an a, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's so true. That's so true. But you're right. Uh, what makes it also difficult, you brought up a good point, is you have to find where they place people. You know, like you said, you're not under a state, you're, you could be under a or you could be under other. It's like this, this um, difficulty in saying, now where am I? Where do you know? Where do I belong? And it's because they've already put you in a certain place. And so it's like, oh, there I am. I'm in other, or there I am. I'm in a country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So inclusion, inclusion, even as a Pacific Islander, it's an ongoing journey to see where are you, right? Yeah, where are where, you? Where, yeah. where are you included, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and But I also see it being in the territory, the best of two worlds, right? You're, you're part of the U.S., you know, you're part of the U.S., but as Pacific Islanders, we're in the Pacific around our people, you know, not yeah, specifically yeah. in American Samoa, but we're around everyone who are Pacific yeah. Islanders, right? Yes, yes, yeah. And you're right. I, I do have to say that I believe we are, um, what do you call, in the you know, of two worlds. It's, it's like where we have the good, you know, from both. We also have the bad from both, but, you know, in more optimistic, I would say that we do have, you know, we're under the U.S., but we also, and we're included in, you know, with the U.S., um, but we're also part of the Pacific. And that, that makes it, uh, you know, even I also have to, you know, I don't want to get into politics and things, but I also have to um, just bring up part of the problem that we have in being included or not uh, goes back to our history and and what our political is or where we are geographically or our history of who we came under, you know, and so in in all due respect to our neighboring island independent Samoa, you know, one culture, one language, just two politically different, uh, um, you know, governments or that have, um, have ca caused us both a divide as well as, you know, a unity. And so that's, that's another whole um i i often i know too in this in our um uh trip that we will have with the it's so great but these are just those under the us under the accrediting committee but overall you know for all these other but that'll be a whole other thing. But I was going to say for for all these other Pacific islands, you know, they might not get categorized together with us. You know, they're going. They might have to find their own classification. But but we are going. It's a start where we will try and be recognized as a Pacific region of. Uh, higher education so that's the first step hopefully in us being successful in getting the word out to dc and all of those lawmakers that and decision makers that that it'll open the door for others to also come forward yeah with all of that being said like everything <laughs> that being said because uh, this was a really great conversation. <laughs> um, uh, and I'm just being, trying to be mindful of time. Uh, with all of that we talked about, wh what do you think um, President Wallace Bond does it mean to be inclusive? 
I I really believe that um, if you are to be it means that you let down these borders and barriers and just kind of like um, you know it's you're just it's like uh, if you I was to use an analogy it's kind of like you know the free world you walk into this everyone you know everyone's uh open to getting land and settling here or doing and and you don't have these oh sorry you're not from this village or, or oh sorry you're not from this family or and i think that um you know we have to sometimes just let down all those things that with that restrictions. it's the restrictions similar to our you know finding our you know, where are we categorized by this? I, th I think classification and categorization are important, especially for data and, you know, being able to, to track and all of that. But the, the, um, it restricts us from kind of seeing outside of those borders that we set around us. Uh, and, um, I would say inclusion allows us to maybe have soft borders, if there's any such thing. You know how they say a hard copy and a soft copy of this? I think there should be soft borders. Like, you know, you need to have some kind of limitations, but not to the point where it's like just shutting everyone out, you know, and, or, you know, even one person feels excluded you know, already is too much. And, and so, um, yeah, I really believe that inclusion allows us to just let go a lot of those things that we've been taught to put up there, you know, and just put your walls. Now it's kind of like, let's have, uh, let's have virtual walls. <laughs> rather than, than physical walls, you know, it's just, yeah, <laughs> different. Yes. Virtual walls, that's a new word for me. Yeah, it existed walls. all. It existed all this time, all these years, but there wasn't a name to it, probably because it was virtual. <laughs> it's been out there. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. And so that that's pretty that. much what it is. I think I think there are also I would say inclusion also um, allows you to meet and be a part of people. You know, it's all about people. It's all about us being able to um, feel a part of a group, but also being able to feel comfortable expressing yourself to others you know i i i would say before becoming a leader i would be a little more in the background quiet and i know tafa can relate to this but you know there as a leader you also have to be able to express those things that maybe nobody wants to talk about and the, and that's a that's a that's a, also a wall that you have to break down. You know, sometimes they're saying, "Oh, like when I raise my hand in certain meetings, there I can just see like, oh no, she's gonna talk because they know me. I talk forever." <laughs> but I also, 
I also uh, don't hold back as much as I did. You know, if it needs to be said, then let's say it. And I think that also is part of inclusion, is not being afraid to have the voice when you need to have that voice. And um, um, inclusion isn't just physical it's it's being included because you're you you know you have that voice in that in that arena wherever it is that you're you're able to to voice your your concern or your issue no matter how difficult it is and i say this also because i believe a lot of our cultures specific cultures are very um I'm trying to be respectful in, in the way I say this, hierarchical, you know, very much uh, title set. And so if you don't have this title or this position, sometimes you're not included in the conversation or your voice cannot be heard. Uh, and I'm saying this now because I'm president, I have a lot of voice, you know, you know, and they can't really shut me out as much as I was shut out before. Uh, you know, my voice, I mean. But now that I have it, I can see how much of it I never did or never uh, thought I could do. And that's the other thing. Thinking, knowing you can have a voice is really important too. Because when it's set by culture or there's these boundaries like, sorry, you're not at this level. And so your voice shouldn't be heard. That, that's also a, 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 a reason for exclusion is that voice, no matter where you are here or here or here or here, the voice should be at least represented. If you can't be the one to say it, it's represented someplace at that level. Oh. Yeah. Mm. No See, I told you I could talk and talk and talk. So <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I'm really resonating. I'm resonating with a lot with what you said. So yeah. most likely we have to do a part two, a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Did you and then you, any... you need to focus me then because I could go <laughs> off every <laughs> okay. Um Tefa, did you have any last question? No. No. I, I mean, I really enjoyed um, the conversation. You brought up a lot of a lot of experiences and a lot of the the you know a Pacific Island, you know, you, you brought up a lot of identities. So you, there's a lot of intersections here in this conversation about inclusion. As a president, as a woman, as a Pacific Islander, um, as a minority institution, remote mm -hmm. rural community, um, you know, and um, just grateful that you um, actually had accepted the invite and we hope that we can continue this conversation um, to keep the story alive and keep the experience to be shared amongst the other generation. And maybe they have, they, you know, some may have other stories and experience about inclusion. So I'm grateful. Thank you. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. You know, I normally don't have the the freedom to express myself, you know. So thank you um, for for allowing me this opportunity. You know, it's not just sharing the good things. It's also sharing like the mistakes you've made or what you have the learning. I Maybe I shouldn't say mistakes, the lessons you have learned, you know, in in the experience you've had and so thank you for allowing me to share that because yeah i don't often have the the opportunity or the avenue to to share a lot of these these things that i've learned my lessons learned but thank you i think this is a a great um way to have uh, people be able to to speak and voice so just continue to do this i mean at, at you know with whoever and whomever let's have our virtual soft borders <laughs> yeah. virtual borders let's keep it that way but thank you thank you so much yeah. desiree yeah. tafa thank you thank you i'm so glad um that we had you on in this whole conversation did you have any question that you would like to leave with our audience um, so that after they listen to this podcast, they can take it with them and just think about it? Yeah. I just think um, your beginning question was an important one because that kind of led me into kind of looking at, yeah, what has been my journey, you know, is knowing how did you, you know, when was the last time you felt this way? I think that is so important because then it makes you feel like, yeah, I think everyone can relate to being not included and feeling that feeling. So I think that was a great beginning is to hit us on our emotional level because then it, it opens you up to feeling like, yeah, I can relate to this. You know, so so thank you for that. I think um, that's what I'd like to uh, leave with the audience is just being able to feel comfortable in sharing your feelings and just real, real. You know, oftentimes when when you're and and I don't see this as a presentation. I see it more as sharing. But when you're when you're it's so informational that it gets too much um heady you know whereas when you when you do it right from here the heart yeah, i think it reaches so much more people so thank you for beginning with that because that emotional level just you know kicked it off so if there's anything i was to leave is you know being uh speaking from the heart and just being able to share real experience yeah. so thank you desiree Yay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, thank you thank so you. much. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So we hope you, you guys enjoy this conversation and um, that you'll take it with you throughout the day, week, think it over. Um, and this is Pacific Talk. Thank Bye you. Guys. <laughs>